Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. And we are back to regular scheduled programming today with today's guest, Charlie Johnson. So Charlie is a social media influencer, online transformation coach, and a muscle and fitness model. And I love Charlie's mindset. I love his outlook towards life. Um, He has an unbelievably developed positive mindset and is always, and this is what I've noticed on his social media platforms, he's always trying to lift others and he's always trying to put out his message, but it's very much in alignment with, I'm trying to serve, I'm trying to provide value. Um, And he's reinforcing that idea over and over again. It's one of the things that made me connect with his content originally. And today's episode... We jumped all around. This is a very traditional Brian King podcast episode where we talk to all things fitness, diet, training, supplements, sleep. So things like trigger foods, which I love. This is one of my favorite sections of this episode. Charlie talks about trigger foods, how everybody has different trigger foods. For example, for me, it's chocolate. Like I've got the worst chocolate sweet tooth of all time. And he speaks about identifying your trigger foods, you know, be it nut butter, be it chocolate, be it sweets, be it crisps, and making sure that you're factoring in and being very, very systematic with your approach to those foods because of the way they can set you back long-term if body composition is your goal, i.e. trying to lose body fat, etc. And we spoke about cheat meals, cheat meal protocols, food relationships, um, and then we jumped around a lot with different training. So, uh, tips to train with a really busy lifestyle, a really busy schedule, the protocols and the experiments that Charlie is doing on himself. Um, so at the minute, he's doing twice a day training, trying to experiment how his body's recovering. We spoke about his own recovery process and the sleep technology that he uses, the sleep supplements that he uses. Um, just FYI, the sleep supplement he mentions is the Aura Ring, um, which is the same thing that Ben Greenfield mentioned on the podcast when he was on a few months ago. Um, so that's definitely something I'm going to check out now because that's two recommendations um, in quite close proximity. Proximity, so I'm going to check that out myself. Um, and then we go very heavy into the mindset side of things, which are my favorite direction that podcasts tend to take, where it takes a very fitness approach, holistic lifestyle approach, and then we go into the mindset. So how to cut out negative people out of your life, culling your social media so that you're not using what Charlie calls the comparison syndrome the whole time. Um, so there's a range of topics and amazing value in today's episode. So I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, I will cut the intro short here. Uh, today's guest, Charlie Johnson on avoiding trigger foods, using yourself as a fitness experiment and building a positive mindset. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am delighted to be joined today with my guest, Charlie Johnson. Charlie is an online transformation coach, muscle and fitness model, and social media influencer. He specializes in working with busy professionals between the ages of 25 and 40 who enjoy the qualities of life whilst at the same time being able to achieve their dream physique. I'm so excited to talk all things health and fitness in today's show. Charlie, for the second time, I'll put the 
us in the introduction. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> thank, thank you very much for having me on, Brian. Round two, we had some uh, technical difficulties on the first attempt. <laughs> Here we go. So for the second time, if, if anyone needs context, we were only about four or five minutes in, so we actually didn't get that much into it. So uh, so thankfully, because that would have been way worse after 20 minutes. <laughs> Charlie, yeah. tell everybody listening a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, and kind of what got you started on your fitness journey. Okay, so I'm from the sunny Costadel, Surrey, so Surrey, just south of London. Uh, I personally train myself out of the gyms, which I'm very fortunate, which are some of the best gyms in the country, King's Gym and Croydon and Muscle Works in Alberton, to shout out to both of them. Um, I spend a hell of a lot of time traveling as well. I probably go away every other week uh, at the moment, so it's pretty hectic, and that's with work socially. Like for me, outside of fitness, travel is probably my other big passion, so the two go quite nicely hand in hand. And I'm very fortunate my family live uh, in Marbella in Spain as well, so I go out there at least once a month um, and make the most of the time, try and top up my tan when I can to uh, to aid with everything there. So that it's um, very fortunate to lead the life I do. Um, which has been rather strange in the last few months where sort of things have escalated in terms of business-wise and getting pulled all over the place, all over the world, which is uh, an exciting challenge, but um, it's great, great fun. So I'm very, very fortunate to live the life that I do. Um, For me, from where I started, I originally came um, from being overweight in my early teens and there was a real pivotal moment. I remember overhearing my parents talk about like, Charlie needs to lose weight, basically fat. And then I was like, that, that's something I think that really like triggered a point in my mind to change and try and like be the best version of me that I could. And that set me off almost on my journey. I made a hell of a lot of mistakes uh, at the start and through my late teens, early twenties. Um, when I was in my early teens, the big sport I was into was rugby, which obviously you'd be from Ireland. I presume a lot of your listeners would be big into as well. Um, so that was what initially I transitioned from rugby into the gym. Um, and as soon as I started training the gym, I absolutely loved it. The main reason was because like you're in control of the entire scenario and all the progress is down to you, not relying on your teammates, anyone else. Like if you progress with your physique in terms of fat loss to building muscle, no one else is doing that other than yourself. So that's the greatest thing for me, in my opinion, is that you can have full control of your own goals, your own destiny. And essentially, if you achieve your goals, like big pat on the back, because that's you who's achieved them, no one else. So anyone who's going through their own fitness journey at the moment, the big thing I can say is keep working and keep keep pushing through. So get the results you're looking for. Um, from then onwards, I after rugby getting into the gym, I then went to personal training. So when I was about... Uh, 18, 19, I then went into uh, personal training at the first gym, at the gym group in Guildford, um, which was a, a good learning experience. I was there for around 12 months and then progressed from there to follow one of my other big passions, which was working as a ski instructor. Um, so I went over to teens in France for a few months. I was teaching skiing out there and having a bit of a blast. And that's when I had a real big uh, transition, which was an interesting uh, interesting change in my life where I came back and I didn't really want to go into personal training. I found that, to be honest with you, I wasn't really training the sort of people I wanted to train and I wasn't finding it as fulfilling as I initially maybe thought I would because perhaps the clientele I had at the time weren't as serious about getting the results as I was for them, which I don't know if that's something you found with your in your past, Brian. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I think when you merge and find the alignment of who you want to work with, with the fit of customer who's the best fit for who you can actually help hit their end goal. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like business success in there because otherwise, it you need, someone like you, Charlie, who takes their training so seriously and commits to an end goal it can be very frustrating sometimes to work with people who aren't up to that level um and i think the people you work with now a lot of those i see some of your transformations on your website like they're incredible um but they're (laughs) they're people who have made the commitment you know their starting point might have been different but they've made the commitment and i've seen the journey that you've taken them through yeah exactly and that's for me like the big thing where it's not necessarily if like a lot of people will just take anyone aboard it and it's not necessarily if the coach is right for them for me it's if the client's right to work with me because i'm very careful with who i work with and specific i only want clients who want to get serious world-class results and if you want to get those i will get you them. like i have like thousands of transformations on my website showing that and that's that is what i do but i only work with people who like if you want to get in shape you want to change your life i'll make that happen for you so that that was what i was getting frustrated with at the time um but i then moved from obviously personal training actually and doing a ski season i then went into the corporate property world uh, as a letting agent which was a, a different transition um which in the longer term of life it stead me in really good stead to be honest with you like i look back now and think how hard i used to have to graft i used to work from like eight till six thirty and then i go and train in the gym for like an hour and a half two hours in the evening and then repeat all over again like an hour and a half commute each way as well so like it was full on so i look back now with like pride that i managed to do it to be fair because i put myself in an uncomfortable position and it made me grow uh mentally like hugely and i learned a huge amount of skills from that um and i was doing that up until the start of this year to be honest with you so i was uh managing a branch of an estate agency that was turning over a million pounds a year whilst running one of the biggest online fitness businesses in the uk and competing and training myself and it was at that point where it was pretty full-on i was burning the candle at both ends and that I, I, I should have made pulled the trigger sooner but you get in your comfort zone with having a steady salary coming in from another job and it was fairly comfortable um but i made the transition to jump full-time into fitness and i've never even looked back um i now truly am living the dream helping people live their dreams and change their lives and um yeah it couldn't be going any better to be honest with you so i'm very very fortunate um for that to be living a similar lifestyle to yourself just helping people improve their quality of lives and like it'd be the same thing as you like the feedback you get from people in terms of how like the messages you get daily how you've influenced them how you've changed like their life how you've added confidence to them uh is truly life-changing for me personally the way that makes me feel i can't even can't even fathom the words to describe it and i, I know you get exactly the same thing on a daily basis brian yeah the fulfillment levels are just a, a sky high as i said like when you align your message and the right people start to follow because you you should kind of turn people off you know to a degree the, 100%. People, that, the people that you connect with will connect with you deeply the people who don't will be like you know fuck brian fuck charlie they're like I'm, i don't don't like these guys but it's like <laughs> they, were, they were the people that you were never going to connect with anyway um and what happens is you get this positive feedback loop of the right people coming into your ecosystem m- making the changes and then having positive impact on their lives and then that rinse and repeat so that's like the most fulfilling thing you can hear you know when somebody messages you like you said charlie you get them daily on you've influenced me this content that's what i love about your social media content it's very relatable in the sense that you clearly use these are mistakes i made don't make the same mistakes i made and you're giving training advice you're giving dietary advice you're giving supplement advice and it's just a kind of a value 
you're just providing as much value as you can based on the mistakes you made in the past. I love that about your content. Yeah, and that's the thing for me. Is it's a it's a give 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 scenario. And like where I was saying, I'm very fortunate that I went through that phase of working in like the corporate property industry. I am well aware of all the challenges that uh, and the reasons why people say they can't achieve a goal. Like I work that lifestyle, working a, a busy corp- corporate job, managing a team of people, having to go to meetings, having to travel, having to deal with all that stress. But I still manage to eat, train, sleep, repeat, essentially. Um, and just like the tricks and like the ways I learned to manage those scenarios are now implicating my clients, which is helping them achieve their careers, like achieve their career goals, but then also achieve their fitness goals. Um, there's no reason you can't have both in life. You just have to have the right approach and be clever with what you're doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's something I definitely want to kind of flesh out in today's episode, because when I think of your specialty, I definitely think busy professionals, busy individuals and managing a fitness lifestyle while not putting life on hold. So let's stay on that for a minute, just because I think there's a lot of value here for people listening. What are let's break it into kind of two parts i suppose what are the kind of biggest misconceptions that you see around fitness slash i'm too busy to prep meals i'm too busy to work out what are the kind of the main misconceptions you see around that particular topic Um, and then we'll kind of go into maybe some tips that you offer clients that you offer on your platforms that people can apply so that they're not picking or choosing their fitness or their career or a busy lifestyle or their fitness that they can both run in parallel the um I don't know if you would agree with this, but the biggest thing that I see from most people is first that they use their careers as an excuse, but secondly is that they they think everything has to be perfect to progress, and that's not the case. You don't have to have the there is no such thing as the perfect training program or the perfect diet. Like everything will work within reason, and it's that like eighty percent rule. If you can get everything eight percent pretty much on point consistently, you will make world class like progression over a period of time. Like people, in my opinion, expect. Uh, that you have to be 100% on point with everything to then get the result you're looking for. And like, in my opinion, obviously, we want to try and strive for that. But in the reality of life, you can't have 100% perfection with everything because like obstacles come up, challenges come up, your meeting might overrun, like the car breaks down on the way to the gym in the mornings, you can't do your cardio. This, this stuff happens. Like It's the reality of life. And I think that for me was the big thing that I try and implicate to people is like, it's a little bit that Spanish attitude of manana, just like chill a bit, like, if you can't train today, take it as a rest day, but just adjust your diet accordingly. Do your rest day diet. Your main goal is fat loss anyway. That won't make any difference at all. So that is sort of the approach I have with clients is try and almost get them to relax a little bit and just focus on overall consistency rather than perfection in the minute sort of day or the minute, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's amazing advice, like consistency over intensity, like consistency is the game at the end of the day you know you're better off to hit an 8 out of 10 every day than a 10 out of 10 for three days and a 2 out of 10 on other days and i think that's where like that attitude of um the whole like cheat meal weekend rubbish comes in like people like they go they weigh every gram of rice and chicken between like monday to friday and then of the weekend they go off the rails and do whatever they want and like that then what was the point of the five days of perfection for two days of just anarchy like that, that's the, probably the main thing I probably see with a lot of people when they f- initially come to me and it's just trying to give them more of a, a flexible overall structure rather than a, a perfection based structure for, for the week if that makes sense. What does that look like in terms of because there's a lot of people listening who 
are in that bracket Monday to Friday like I get that repeatedly through my Instagram Q&A's etc that I'm great Monday to Friday and then I go off the wagon at the weekend what's your kind of approach with your clients when it comes to say cheat meals free meals weekends you know what do you try and instill based on the person obviously so generally with like every single one of my clients I let them have one one meal a week to do whatever they want so have one meal off plan you could like I one thing I do try and say to them though is like this isn't an opportunity to binge so don't go nuts um and I would try and get them to have it as the last meal of the day because in my opinion I think the problem is if people have a meal like that say for breakfast or the start of the day it triggers them for the day and the whole thing becomes a write-off uh whereas if you go in the evening have a big meal and then you go to bed tomorrow is like a clean slate and just forget about it almost so um that would be the first thing that I suggest to all clients to let them have one meal a week do whatever you want um, I think mentally it's great because it gives them a bit of a reward for a week's hard work. Um, it allows them emotionally to have some time with their friends and family, loved ones. And then secondly, from then onwards, um, it just gives a bit more of a better relationship with food. I think if you go down the route that like foods are banned and you can't have certain things, I don't necessarily think it's is good for the mindset. I think it sh- you should allow people to have what they want, but have some control and that way they'll have a better relationship with food. Yeah, well, the dangers in the dose with certain foods, for sure. Like, you know, I'm not a massive fan of things like McDonald's, but once a week, it's probably not going to kill you. Just don't have it every evening. No. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, what about exactly training then around those meals? Do you do you get your clients to train around their free meals, cheat meals? or I, I is Ideally, it- yes. So what I would always suggest is if they... If they can, then what I would suggest uh, say say on Saturday go and do like a big leg session and then have whatever you want afterwards. That that would be the perfect scenario. But then with some people, for example, they only want to work out Monday to Friday and they've got their kids at the weekend, then fine, that's not an issue at all. Uh, something I would suggest. I'm, I'm a big fan of like a, a power walk in the morning anyway, for like particularly now this time of year. I just say to them like in the morning, go out. Like if you want to, don't want to go to the gym, go for a power walk first thing in the morning before anyone gets up. That could be your exercise for the day. And then in the evening, have what you want. But for the rest of that day, like just do like a, a rest day diet, which is what I work with my clients, which would be like a lower carbohydrate diet, but maybe slightly higher in fats. Um, because if you're not training, you don't really need the fuel from carbs, in my opinion. Uh, so in the evening, they can have a little bit extra for calories and it balances itself out over the week. Do you have a preference for, as a nutritional protocol with clients, you know, I know some people like carb cycling, some people like intermittent fasting, some people like keto style diets, some people like, you know, whole foods, clean foods, etc. Do you have any sort of parameters that you try and base most nutritional plans in? Um, Flexible with the client if they have their own preferences if that makes sense but my what i find has worked best with 99.9 percent of people is like a nutrient timing approach you're pushing carbohydrates quite heavily around the workout window as like an anabolic zone and the rest of the time i would go for a protein fat or a lower carbohydrate approach and then the same on rest days i would do a lower carbohydrate diet with slightly higher fats and that will create a natural carb cycle through the week and also a natural calorie cycle because on the rest days i'll have slightly less calories do you follow the same protocol for yourself? I know your goals are very different yeah. based on the people you're working for. What uh, does your nutrition look like then? Uh, mine's exactly the same. The only thing that's gone down an interesting caveat is the last six to eight weeks I've been trying double training sessions. Uh, so this morning, for example, I've trained back and then I'm going to go and do arms later on. So 
this is a very interesting challenge and something I've never really tried before. My body seems to be responding really well to it um, and it's allowing me to eat a hell of a lot more. So, for example, my carbs are doubled on the double training days because logically, if you're training it, you can need more fuel. So I'll be having like 450 grams of carbs today. Um, and, and that will be and like I'll be losing I'll be getting leaner on that as well so that's in a calorie deficit for me uh, so today I'll train twice and do a 60 minute fasted power walk um, and th- that will help me get leaner um, and then on the rest days I will do zero carb so be very very low in carbohydrates the only carbs I have on a rest day I think with one of my meals I have uh, 80 grams of frozen blueberries which I think that's about 10 12 grams of carbs about that I think um so it's pretty low on those days but I, to be honest with you i quite enjoy that approach of having a bit of variety in foods you almost go from one extreme a little bit to the other um and then days when i'm only training one training session my carbs are around sort of 250 uh which is fairly reasonable for someone my sort of weight about 95 kilos what height are you charlie uh five foot eleven six foot in a strong wind <laughs> um yeah all the right shoes yeah that's, tell, shoes yeah tell me about it i need platforms to come back in a bad way um talk to me about your food choices then your well what are, are your kind of primary food groups in terms of where do you get your carbohydrate sources from where do you get your protein from where do you get your fats from um what does that kind of look like do you base it off personal preference or the actual nutrient value of the food what does that kind of look like in your own personal nutrition uh for my own personal it's a combination of both so i'm a big believer in digestion is first and foremost so if something doesn't sit right with you then don't eat it because your body probably doesn't have the enzymes to break down the food or he doesn't essentially almost doesn't almost want to take it in um so i'm fairly flexible with a lot of the foods in terms of maybe carbohydrate choices around like post-workout um, so I, I'm an advocate of using cereal, but like a lower fat cereal post-workout. So anything that's less than like four grams, but hundred grams, so like less than four percent fat. Um, so uh, things like cocoa pops, uh, Cheerios, Rice Krispies. I, funnily enough, got sent a year supply of cereal from Kellogg's, which was an interesting, um, interesting arrival. So I've got a garage full of cereal that's quite exciting. <laughs> that's <cute>. <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by Kellogg's, ten percent Charlie. <laughs> basically i've got literally like crates of it turned up so i'm working my way through that um other than that to be honest, i'm a big fan of generally using rice-based cereal because i find that tends to digest the best so for example days where i'm having like high carbohydrates like 450 grams i'll use a lot of uh, what's called ground rice or like baby rice or anything like that that's just really easy for my stomach to break down i won't bloat me or white rice um i find anything rice based generally tends to digest much easier than uh say something like pasta for example or bread um or oats which are like really high in fiber it just if you, you're trying to eat like 450 grams of carbs from oats in a day like good luck that's just not going to happen um but i love oats but it, you, they sit very heavy on you which is not what you're looking for when you're trying to work out and then your protein sources and fat sources what are they obviously from looking at your physique for anyone that may be unfamiliar with the way charlie looks like he's absolutely jacked <laughs> like um so I'm, I'm curious on your food choices then with your protein and fats where are those sources coming from so i i'm a big believer in like varying the protein sources you use because every different source has a different amino acid profile and also there's added benefits in different like vitamins and minerals and different foods so i think it's a good thing to keep different choices so you're not having the same thing like three four times a day I'm a big fan of red meat, so 
Uh, I eat a lot of like 5% steak mints, uh, lean steak. A, a great buy for anyone who uses Costco is a uh, flank steak from Costco. Um, so that in a slow cooker is probably my favorite. Um, so in terms of the protein sources would be lean red meat. Uh, I eat a lot of white fish, like cod, uh, oven baked. I like uh, tuna, like tuna steaks pan fried are phenomenal. Chicken I don't tend to eat a huge amount of, to be honest with you, but uh, probably have maybe one meal every other every other day from that. I want to try and keep, say, for example, on a double training day, the fats down quite low so I can have higher carbohydrates and keep the digestion moving quite quickly uh, of that through, obviously, my system. So I want to try and avoid that. So I generally have more white fish or maybe even like a whey isolate as a, um, as a protein source, like pre- or post-workout uh, with like ground rice or something like that would work quite well. Uh, for fat sources, I use a lot of nuts, so like nut butters, uh, and an interesting one that a lot of people probably don't use, and a lot of my clients when they sign up to me love, in particular women, uh, is lint dark chocolate, which is like the cleanest processed chocolate. I think it's cold processed, I think is what it's called. Um, so I use that for healthy fats and polyphenols, um, which is a sneaky little tip if anyone wants to add some more fats into the diet. Lint dark chocolate, uh, 85% upwards, all good to go. I don't know if you use that with any of your clients, Brian. I do. I, I use it for, I actually use it in different ways. I love it as, um, it's one of, personally, it's one of my favorite foods. Like, I actually don't think I can live without it now. But um, also for people that are struggling with, like, chocolate cravings, when you, it takes a while to make that transition over because it's a lot more bitter than milk chocolate. <laughs> but, but it's weird. When you are eating dark chocolate for two or three months and then you go back and try and eat milk chocolate, like, all you can taste is milk you're like it's like completely rewired your taste buds i don't know if you find the same with the, the dark chocolate you can't like you don't necessarily want to overeat on it and binge on it so much if that makes sense like you it's because it tastes less sugary it doesn't trigger you so much yeah well that's it you're that's the problem with now i've like I, sometimes i question i was born the wrong gender like i've got the worst chocolate craving ever like anytime i'm ever chatting to my female clients they're like i love chocolate i'm like i know i'm like i'm totally the exact same um and that is one of those um you know if you eat a small bit of milk chocolate like a fl- the floodgates can open and you're like yeah i'll have this small dime bar and before you know it you're like 12 dime bars deep you're like oh that was way too many but that doesn't happen yeah. necessarily with dark chocolate yeah the worst one for me are those gillian chocolates like the seashell ones i think last christmas i ate about three boxes of them and i think <laughs> they pretty much passed out so uh then that was the last time i've eaten them so it's probably like a, a once a year occurrence because i know like it, we, like i talk a lot, a lot with clients with trigger foods and things to avoid so like for me, that's one, like would be something like that. And I would try and avoid anything that's going to set me off almost on like a bit of a rampage. You mentioned a really interesting, just that I've not heard it put that way, but I want to kind of expand on this a small bit. You mentioned trigger foods. What, how would you categorize that or how would you describe trigger foods? Because I'm curious, just because I, I kind of got it from the context of what you said, but just for everybody listening, because I think there's a lot of value there to identifying because everyone's got different versions of trigger foods how would you explain what trigger foods are and then kind of how to identify it so for me it would be anything that once you've had like a mouthful of it you almost can't stop and control yourself anything like that i would keep out your house and well away from you because like if you want to have it i don't know once a month or whatever as a treat like get a limited supply of it or go somewhere away from where you like go out for dinner for it whatever but i wouldn't have it somewhere where you can pick at it in your fridge because if say you've got like an open bar of i don't know say for example it was kinder chocolate 
and you have one piece and that triggers you, you're going to go through that entire bar. I can guarantee you the same. Uh, I've heard some people have the same thing with uh, like nut butters. So some clients like I won't let them have nut butters. So no one's like, I'll say have 10 grams and end up having hundred grams because they just can't stop themselves. Like if they're in a dieting phase. So it's, those foods as soon as you have it it literally just triggers you off to want to keep eating and keep eating so anything like that which you know for you is a trigger food i would keep well away from you or like out of outside out of mind so you can't see it can't think about it and then it's gone i know i talked a little bit about relationships with food but then if you know that's something that's going to set you off just keep it away and don't have it I think that's great advice. Um, I'm the same. I, I literally, systems over willpower, I don't keep chocolate in my house unless it's the weekend um, just because I'll eat it. Like, I, th- there's no two ways about it because you're like hum and haw and you'll be like, oh, that galaxy bar is in the fridge. Yeah, I'm one of those wankers <laughs> that puts their fucking chocolate in the fridge and freezer. What, what, but, what's your favourite chocolate, Brian? Oh, that's kind of, I feel like if I had several kids, you'd be asking me what's my favourite kid. Um, I... <laughs> At the minute, I'm all about like the galaxy caramel. Um, but I go through phases, if I'm being honest, Charlie, like I, I go through phases where I'm like, I'm all about dime bars. Um, and it kind of just, it does the rotation. If I'm completely honest, what about you? Probably those Gillian seashell chocolates, which I haven't had since Christmas after my last debacle with them. So I, um, I don't generally tend to eat, eat a lot of chocolate. Um, because again, like I said, that is a trigger food for me. So like, as soon as I have, one piece of it i can just keep going so i tried to avoid it but it would be the gillian seashell chocolates are my favorites yeah and it's interesting you mentioned nut butters as well because there's a lot of people who are the same at nut butters like i I've, I've joked several times on my instagram i'm like the meridian almond butter is like the heroin of the nut butter world i'm like it's just you you get a taste <laughs> for it and you're like give me more like you're crawling up the walls for your fucking nut butter um but it's so good though but it is i just wanted to pull that out because i think that's so valuable to be able to be able to identify your triggers because for some people it's not and it's just the self-awareness to be like well i can't have 10 grams of nut butter if i do it's going to go to 100 grams um and for everybody listening i just think that's a really really valuable take-home message and that that one episode of going from 10 grams to 100 grams that can make a, a big bit of damage into your fat loss for the week if fat loss is your goal Oh, because it's so calorie dense so calorie dense like that's why nut butters are I, I love them when i'm training for endurance events because i'm trying to keep my calories up and you can just pound through a jar of almond butter and it barely puts a dent into what you're burning through the day but if body composition is your goal particularly fat loss that's going to massively hinder your entire progress for the week if you end up going over by a thousand calories on a single day um you know just a cumulative effect over the week so it's something really important to to consider for anybody listening charlie what about your training then you mentioned you're doing doubles what does your typical training look like is it kind of a traditional bodybuilder split do you do kind of a push pull legs and upper lower what does your kind of typical training day look um, like? i've transitioned through all of it to be fair so up until last week, I was only training two double sessions a week, uh, but I've now, out of stupidity or genius, now got into doing four double sessions a week and one single session. So to give you a run through of how I'm breaking it down, uh, it's the first day I'll be doing, like yesterday, the chest in the morning with calves, and then I do delts in the evening. So in the evening, I just do one shoulder pressing exercise, and it'll be a lot of like lateral work and rear delts. Um Day two, I'll do back in the morning and then arms in the evening, which will be today. I'll then probably take a rest day. Then I'll do one session, which will be just be legs on their own. 
Um, and then depending on how I feel, I might take a rest day or train again, which would be in the morning delts and then the evening calves and triceps, sorry. And then the, the last day will be uh, back in the morning and then hamstrings and biceps in the evening and then rest or repeat the cycle again, basically. Do you base your rest days from the start of the week or do you base them on feel on your recovery from workouts? My own personal schedule and feel from recovery from workouts. So like hypothetically, I should be training legs tomorrow, but the last two leg sessions I've done have been really full on. And when I've gone to train again, I probably haven't been fully recovered. So I'm going to give myself another day because I can feel the onset of like fatigue starting to accumulate. And then if you're going into that, like for something like training legs, it's not really a good scenario because of everything. Legs is the biggest session, which is going to smash your CNS and your recovery. So I, what I'm probably most likely will end up doing is having a rest day either side of legs going forward just to try and give me a bit of a break through the week because that's the session that really tends to drain me the most. And what's your general recovery like then in terms of your sleep, etc.? Do you have any recovery protocols, like physical protocols? Um, and what's your sleep like in general? Uh, so I'm a bit OCD on recovery and trying to like maximize every outlet with that, to be honest with you. So a um, couple of great tips I highly recommend. I use something called an Oura Ring. Oura Ring? Don't you pronounce it? Uh, and basically that I used to track my sleep. So I can look at it now. Last night was a very good night in terms of the amount of time I was in bed asleep, well, trying to sleep. It'll give you basically a breakdown of how long you were in bed for, uh, how long you actually slept for, and what your sleep quality was. So you can then monitor it uh, through the week, and it also gives you a breakdown of like sleep cycles and all those bits and pieces. Uh, and then it will give you a readiness score of basically how recovered your body is for the next day, which is quite interesting, like based on uh, HRV, so heart rate variability. Um, and it also measures things like resting heart rate. So like an interesting thing I can look back, say if I look today, my resting heart rate uh, during the night was 41. I can look back through the year and look back at the start of the year and see my resting heart rate in December was 52. So like I can see how I've become fitter across the last six months. Um, so I'm a big geek for monitoring all these sort of variables, to try and maximize recovery, which is allowing me to get away with uh, training at higher frequency and higher volume than probably 99% of the people. Uh, two other big tips in terms of uh, maximizing sleep and recovery, I would suggest using uh, for a lot of people, and particularly if you snore or you struggle with high blood pressure or breathing issues, using nasal strips when you sleep uh, to open up your airway so you can breathe through your nasal passage because around 70 to 80% of nitric oxide production, uh, which causes vasodilation, so relaxing your blood vessels, comes from your nasal cavity. Um, so that's like the easiest take-home tip, which I can pretty much guarantee will improve everyone's sleep. Is if you have issues with that and breathing at night, try nasal strips. Uh, that'll make a big, big difference. And on top of that, I also am a big fan of using sleep uh, sleep supplements. Um, so I've been using the Sleep Stack by Supplement Needs uh, for probably the last three, four months. Which, according to another app I have, you just tell I love an app. Uh, sleep cycles improved my sleep quality around ten percent. So. If you think you can improve your sleep quality 10% every night for six months, that's going to remarkably improve your recovery. Yeah, that Aura Ring. I had um, Bing Greenfield on the podcast a few months ago and he mentioned the same thing. He couldn't recommend it more for sleep. So that's oh, something actually, phenomenal. yeah, I need to check that out. That's two recommendations now. So that's uh, that's my sign. I need to check it out. The sleep supplement you mentioned, what was the name of that supplement? Uh, it's called Sleep Stack by Supplement Needs. Awesome. And what's the, do you, do you know the ingredient breakdown in that? Or is it just like a proprietary blend? Or is it like GABA-based, melatonin-based? Uh, yeah. 
what, what's it look like? It does have a uh, very, very strong profile in terms of the ingredients base. So it's actually produced by uh, obviously supplement needs and they have got uh, Dr. Dean who's designed it all. So it's literally like max dose for everything that can actually sort of work for you. So for me, it's personally made a big, big difference um, just in terms of almost depth of sleep. And I've also actually something interesting I've tried putting it along with is support max neuro via Strom. Um, and that works via Strom, uh, by the supplement band, brand Strom. Uh, and the two seem to work synergistically very well together. So I'm a big fan of that. In terms of what's in the uh, sleep stack, um, it's got L-theanine, which helps you relax, uh, magnesium, zinc, um, vitamin B5, 5-HTP. And I think that is it. There's one other ingredient, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but it's it's fully loaded with literally everything you need to try and improve the quality of your sleep and the depth of your sleep and try and get you to relax. Um, the, only, <laughs> the only debate I have sometimes is just make sure you don't make a mistake of taking it, like mixing it in with any other supplements and taking it earlier in the day. So <laughs> be wary and make sure you take it before bed. But uh, it, it works very, very well. So anyone out there, I'd suggest giving it a try. Yeah, face plant on the squat rack, like <laughs> just like narcoleptic yeah. style. That's not, yeah, it's, you don't want to be taking supplements to make you relax before you go into the gym. So yeah. just... Be wary of that one. Yeah, last thing you want to do. Um, it sounds like a great profile. You know, it's got all the powerhouses ingredients there for sleep. Um, yeah, I've experimented with absolutely every single supplement you can for sleep. Um, actually settled with. Have you tried CBD oil? Uh, yes, yes, I have. You yeah. find a big difference from that? Massive, uh, like life changing. Personally, um, now I'm always kind of half skeptical because of the you know the scientific studies kind of split it. So I have to kind of preface it with this is anecdotal, 100% anecdotal. Um, but yeah, like the best supplement I've ever used for sleep. Like I used to take 5-HTP. I used to take GABA. I used to take zinc, ZMA, zinc, magnesium, vitamin B6. I stopped taking all of them when I took, got CBD oil. Um, I didn't need any of the rest, and I used to cycle on and off melatonin. Um, and now I don't take any of them. So it's been game changing for me. But again, for anyone listening, experiment with it. Do your own diligence. Look into it. You know, check out podcasts and blog posts on it. Um, because the one you mentioned there, like they're all scientifically proved ingredients to help with sleep. Um, that one I can nearly guarantee will work for most people based off the fact that it's got magnesium, 5-HTP, you know, vitamin B6, etc. Something uh, interesting you said there is talking about like research and supplements and making your own anecdotal evidence of how you feel and that's something i'm a big advocate of and it's a different like tangent to go down but in terms of like the big thing i say to clients is like how do you feel it's very like open questions because like a lot of things research will say certain things work certain things don't but then you have to look at the if you actually think about the context of the studies that people are done like they're not doing a study on say someone like me who's 30s six foot 95 kilos and like you said fairly jacked like that that's not the person they're putting these studies through in terms of like weight training resistant tests or supplements or sleep profiles or anything like that it's generally like it's a real mixed bag so everyone reacts differently so i'm a big believer in like try something if you feel it if you and like try something document it if you feel it works keep doing it um interestingly i went on a seminar with milos sarchev and I actually went for dinner with him uh, afterwards and an interesting thing he was saying was exactly the same thing like he's he recommends to his athletes something i questioned him on was um like creatine use and he said he has his athletes use 20 grams of creatine around the workout which for me i was like jesus that's a lot like i was normally only using five grams to 10 grams and like that but five grams like was what i'd recommend um and he was recommending up to 20 and he said when he was competing he was using between 50 to 70 uh, which for me sort of blew my mind because I'd never really thought about like trying any more than that. 
Um, so I'm having a little experiment of myself at the moment to try trying upping that up to like 20, 25 grams and see what works. Uh, and so far at the moment, I've, it seems difficult to know what's doing what, but um, I've had no adverse side effects from it. Creatine is pretty cheap. And logically, when you think about what creatine does, if you're a bigger guy and you've got more muscle mass, and chances are you can dose more than probably what is recommended. Um, I don't know if you've got a similar thought process, Brian, in terms of trying like different things that maybe slight, slightly outside of the box. Yeah, like it, it makes sense what you said there about creatine. Like as soon as you said it, I'm like, yeah, 95 kilos jacked. I'm like, you could probably get away with 20 grams of creatine. Uh, was exactly where my mind went to. But it comes down to, I love that philosophy of experimenting it on yourself and just being very, very clear for everybody listening. Th- there's so many different things work it's just about what works best for you you know when somebody comes and tells and what's you sustainable as well exactly adherence and sustainability is key but outside of that experiment with things you know experiment with you know extra um, larger doses of creatine based on your body weight experiment with vegan diets experiment with paleo diets experiment with keto whatever it is you want to do based on your goal if you're curious about it you know that's what i apply myself with particularly things like diet and supplement i'm like okay i'll experiment with it see if it works and and i've done that you know i used a um a probiotic i'm not sure if you're familiar with simprove it's pretty big in the uk pretty big in ireland yeah, too. yeah. um they sent me out a load of it and i've had people regularly message me like how did you find it and i'm like well it did nothing for me i was like but i've got one of my friends mave who was on the podcast in the past who's brand ambassador for them and she was like this is the best supplement ever and I tried it and it did nothing for me. And I'm like, when anyone asks me about it, I'm like, well, it didn't work for me, but I've got friends who said it's the best thing ever. So that philosophy, taking everything like that, because some things will work for some people and other things won't. So extra doses of creatine, different diets, CBD oil, etc. Experiment, do your due diligence, look into it and be like, okay, what does the research say? You know, that's what I generally do. I go, what does the research say? And then I'll try it. And then I can offer at least you know, you're able to offer genuine feedback on how it made you feel. That's why I love, Charlie, that you test things because you can say, well, I tried 20 grams of creatine and it did or didn't work. You know, in six months time, it'll be a piece of content. Um, and I love that that's your approach. <laughs> uh, another interesting like thing I'd say, like, I personally am a bit of a nerd. I love like trying new things, different concepts. And like, for me, it's all about like continued learning and progression. The moment you think you know everything, is the moment like game over because you'll never improve. Um, so like another thing I started from the seminars is uh, adding in essential amino acids um, with glutamine like between like the main meals. So like maybe one or two shakes of like 10 grams of essential amino acids with three grams of glutamine uh, 90 minutes after say two meals just to try and add more like uh, essential amino acids constantly in the bloodstream to aid with repair and recovery in particular with what I'm doing at the moment where I'm training at such high intensity and volume and frequency, trying to eke out as much as I can in terms of like constantly being able to recover um, is something I'm trying to maximize. And that's another interesting like little like test I'm putting myself at the moment before maybe I try it with any clients or anyone else. Uh, but it'll be something I'm going to document. I think so far at the moment, I think it is working. I think I feel fuller. But the only thing I have noticed is sometimes – I think if I try and push it too close to meals, I think it upsets my like stomach a little bit in a non-disgusting way, a bit gassy, with um, just too much liquid or just too many like, nutrients at one time that are quite dense. I think sitting in your stomach, 
Um, but that's another test that's in process. So I'll, I'll let you know the update on that one when I've done it. Yeah, I love it. And for everybody listening, you know, if you're following Charlie already, if you're not, go follow him after this podcast. And um, it's really important to note that this is Charlie's experiment. The same way as when I put up posts, I'm like, this is what I'm experimenting with. One of the, just to give you a little bit of a, it's funny that you mentioned the essential amino acids and the glutamine because I'm going to go the other way completely with this. But when I was training for Marathon to Solve <laughs> last year, which is six back-to-back marathons, I was eating, you know, 200 grams of um, green and blacks, like butterscotch or white chocolate every day. I was like, and I was putting it on my stories. And one of my guys that was coming through my mentorship program messaged me. He was like, one of my clients literally just sent me this. So he screenshotted the message and sent it to me. And it was like, uh, eating 100 grams of butterscotch chocolate. Brian Keane eats this every day. He's like, Brian Keane ran 20 kilometers every day this week. He's like, you did 40 minutes on the cross trainer. He's like, don't eat 200 grams of white chocolate. So after that experience, I'm like, oh, fuck. I got to be really careful what I put up or how I put it up because the context gets lost. You know, like you're fucking jacked at 95 kilos. You should definitely be taking essential amino acids and seeing how your body responds. So keep, I just want to say that for everybody listening, whether it's my content, Charlie's content, anybody's content, don't take take things in isolation. That's why it's so important to work directly with the likes of Charlie because he can contextualize it and why it's important for you as opposed to just copying what he's doing or copying what I'm doing or copying what other social media people are doing. Um, I think that's very important just to pull out because I've had that experience myself with and i literally stopped posting white chocolate after that um because i'm like shit i'm like i was literally running 20 kilometers every day um on top of my workouts when i was training for that event um so i was my my metabolism as you can imagine was just through the roof um so i could eat whatever i wanted really but i'm like yeah maybe i shouldn't put this up anymore (laughs) it's funny you say that it just reminds me i had a client who I think his pre-workout meal was oats. It was, like, it was like 40 grams of oats. And he saw, like, I had a video about ground rice. Like, I had this sort of, like, infamous pre-workout meal that I personally have. And he's like, oh, I've been having your pre-workout meal. And I was like, okay, that's great. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm having 100 grams. I was like, why are you having 100 grams? And I was like, it's, it's, it was like you, you have 100 grams. Like, I would like 15 kilos more than you, and I'm not trying to lose body fat. Like, <laughs> exactly. like it, everything is the scenario of it depends, like, what your goal is, and as you said, the context. So, like, don't take something – that you just see, as you said, someone else doesn't just copy it like drastically because like everyone is different and everything. And that's the whole point of like what people do with coaching. Everything has to be bespoke to the individual because everyone's body has individual needs. There's no one size fits all approach that's really effective in my opinion. Yeah, it's, I couldn't agree more. I think just it's something that I haven't kind of talked about on the podcast. So I'm glad that we kind of got to just bounce it back off one another there. Charlie, you're so knowledgeable in all areas of fitness, you know, health, fitness, working around your busy schedule, things along those lines that I know some of those are from your own experience, but how do you learn or consume information? You mentioned, um, you know, uh, seminars earlier. What's your method of getting information on training, on sleep, on nutrition? Is it through podcasts? Is it reading? Is it blog posts? Is it videos? Where do you kind of, or how do you consume information? I would love to say reading in reality, but that's not the truth uh, because I've, I've got like, and I haven't actually got ADHD, but I might as well. I'm so like hyperactive with having to do stuff all the time. But for me to sit down and consciously read something just doesn't happen. So personally, I love uh, listening to like business and fitness podcasts if I'm driving or if I'm out doing my morning fasted walk or even when I'm working, I like having YouTube videos on about fitness in the background. 
just like so I can constantly just be absorbing knowledge. And for me, it's all about positive mindset as well. So one of the best things I've ever done in my life is I cut out. I do not like listen to mainstream news. I don't read the paper. And I also unfollow every single person on Instagram who posts anything negative that I don't like or that like creates a comparison syndrome. So like I've had that in the past where you look at certain people and like, oh, I wish I looked like that guy. He's a bit more jacked than me. He's more successful, whatever. Like that, that is the big like root of all evil, in my opinion, in society is comparison syndrome where people compare themselves to other people that ultimately leads to unhappiness. So for me, like, like a big take home tip for anyone today is cut out mainstream media because you will never read or see anything on the news, which will be positive and enlighten your day. And then secondly, we'd probably be unfollow anyone on social media who is negative, who doesn't add any value to your life. Um, those are the, probably the biggest tips. I think they would probably have the most dramatic impact on anyone's mindset. And if you get your mindset right, then like your physique or whatever other goals you have in life will just follow from there. Great advice. Um, comparison syndrome, again, something that I've lived through myself and I think so many people can relate to. When you first kind of realized that following certain people or consuming traditional media, etc., wasn't serving you, was it a, was there an actual moment when it happened or was it a gradual thing or was it something that just came along with age? Um, what made you switch from, because we do it automatically, it's kind of one of those things that's on autopilot, that's scrolling randomly through Instagram, scrolling randomly. And that's it. How did it look for you? What was the, um, it was sort of like a, a transitional period, I think, originally. I think the first thing was cutting off the mainstream news. And, like, I, I generally sound stupid. I can't even, like, handle having the news in the background now because it just irritates me when I hear something which I know, like, particularly like, if something's about health and fitness, it's always warped with some silly agenda about, like, oh, I don't know, like, people are eating Snickers and are losing weight or some rubbish. Like, I don't know, there's always something stupid that's on about the news, which is just like a gimmick to try and get people to lose weight or there's some ulterior motive. So for me, that, that was the big one that I first cut out. And then I think I suddenly start to realize that maybe I was personally starting to compare myself to people who, um, like I shouldn't really be comparing myself to, or I didn't really, weren't really adding any value to my life. So I only follow people say on social media like yourself, who I look up to, who I can learn from and who can add value to me. If you don't add value or positivity to my life, you won't be in my life or in my world. And that's like the way I like to think. If you can keep the world around you positive and what you see and you hear positive, you will become a positive person and put out positive energy and then you'll get that back and then all you will is succeed and steamroll your way to conquer whatever you want to conquer in life. But there was no real uh, like one specific trigger point. I think it would just say I'm almost like a maturing a process in myself and my own security knowing like I don't need to listen to any of this other crap. I can choose who I want to listen to, control my world and have a positive environment and that will allow me to thrive and succeed essentially. Do you apply the same logic and philosophy to your actual physical world? Uh, yes, 100%. So it sounds a bit harsh, but like I've cut, I, I can't tolerate being around people who haven't got a positive attitude, who aren't like, if someone comes to me with a problem, I will help, try and help you 100% and I'll give you a solution to your problem the best I can, like wholeheartedly. But if you're not willing to take on board other people's opinions or you come to someone for advice, but you go to the for advice, but you weren't actually really listening, you just wanted to moan, then I don't really want to know if that makes sense because I don't want to know about your negativity unless you want me to try and help you. Like I'll help anyone solve their problems as best I can. But if you're not open-minded to letting people help you, then you probably need to help yourself first, if that makes sense. Yeah, I am um, like... 
I never have an issue with anyone coming to me with a problem, but it's like the the reason is like, are you coming to have solutions thrown at you to fix the problem? Or are you looking to have a bitch and a moan about the problem? Because they're two very different things. Yeah. And it t- tends to be a lot of bitching and moaning, I think, in my opinion, that a lot of people do. And that's, like, I don't want to be bitching and moaning now. It's too negative already for me. But like, that's, that's like where people just need to clear, clear their mind and just have, if you only think positive, you'll only pull in positive energy to you. And like, that's the way life should be. So I think the next logical question, well, maybe it's not the next logical question, but it's definitely the one that's on my mind is at some stage, and I've lived through this myself, so I'm curious what you've done. At some stage, we have either people, family or friends or associates in our physical environment, physical world who are really, really negative that we need to cut out. Do you have any example or any process that you use for removing those people from your life? Because you've clearly done it now. And the reason you're so positive is because of those positive influences. But there's people listening now who are like, yeah, shit, I would love to do that. But my family member, my friend, my work colleagues, they're all super negative. What advice would you offer to those people who are trying to do and see the world the way you see it, but are still in that negative environment? It's a difficult one to do, essentially, if you say, for example, a family member and like, I'm say hypothetically, say you don't get on with your dad, your dad's a very negative person, you spend 10 hours a week with your dad, and he's super negative, and that's bringing you down. Now, I'm not saying don't love your dad and don't be with him. But what I'm saying is if you if you spend two hours with your dad, who's super negative, and still love them just as much, another eight hours with people who are super positive, want to take over the world and like help people will your life be more positive and will better things probably happen for you? I pretty much guarantee it. That That's probably the way I'd, I'd look. And I think outside of family members, I think it's easier maybe to cut people off, not cut people off necessarily the right way to go about it, but maybe distance yourself and try and try and put yourself in environments around like-minded people who are going to uplift you rather than pull you down. Like you don't, I think Gary Vee says it a lot. You don't build the biggest skyscraper in town by knocking down all your other skyscrapers. You have to like look to build yourself up and build other people up around you rather than like pull people down. So try and get with, align yourself with people with the right mindset who fit your goals and fit where you want to go in life. And then that will help you through your journey of life. Yeah, I love um, Gary Vee has a great video that went viral last year, the year before about cutting that one negative friend. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great video. I'm like, it's such an amazing message. I'm like, for everybody listening, just the idea synopsis is that cut one negative friend, cut one negative person out of your life and see, and, and, and if you can replace it with one positive person, like the net score win of doing that one thing alone, you know, is life changing, you know, from the compound effect, snowball effect going forward. Oh, 100%. That, 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 that literally is life-changing. I love that mindset. I think that philosophy, Charlie, is so valuable. Charlie, you're doing so many different things now between the business, between your own training, everything. Is there anything right now that you're particularly excited about that just is lighting you up? Like, what are you most excited about right now? Um, two things. Just the the growth in like, the CJ coaching brand. I've now got... Um, and a coach who's working with me, who's a great close friend, Jeremy, who's superb. So he's um, shout out to him, custom physique on Instagram. If anyone wants to check him out, so like like him working with me is allowing me to work with more people to try and have more of a positive influence on the world. And the other the other one that's really exciting is I've got a um, eight week transformation program, which is getting insane results for people called Shred Nate. 
and we're literally like transforming people's physiques and mindsets within eight weeks and building like incredible communities around this like weight loss journey it's almost like that tribe mentality where it's awesome people like meet like people join the program they're like they're becoming friends on facebook and then they're meeting up to train together and you think like it's quite cool thought for me to think like I've made that happen, made these people become friends and then train together because I came up with this concept of like this like group training program and it's, it's working superbly well. So it's, it's nice again for me, like that's what matters to me the most is adding positivity in this world. And like this weekend coming, for example, I'm doing a free uh, training seminar for clients in Nottingham where it's completely free. They can just turn up and go through nutrition uh, supplements, literally everything with them. And I'm going to go through, in the gym like training execution cues just to try and help my online clients in terms of how to interpret uh, online programs to react the real world and making sure that they are getting the most out of absolutely everything so for me like everything i want to do with my life is providing value and helping people as much as i can to try and lift them up and then they can hopefully provide and like pass on this positive message to other people um, and for me that that's just the exciting thing is just trying to scale what i'm doing and it's just trying to put the infrastructure and systems in place to manage that and my time essentially as everything grows which is um an exciting challenge i love that like what you mentioned something there about the um people meeting up from the you know online community and it reminds me of something my mentor used to always tell me because i asked her a question when i was about 25 and i remember it, it's it's never left me because it was in a weird it was in the 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 realm of business i was like okay where do i go and find you know, business mentors, where do I go and find more people who know about business? She was like, go to where those people are. And I remember she left me at that because like, you know, your best mentors never fucking tell you the real answer. They just like give you the Socratic fucking reply that you have to kind of delve into yourself. And I always think about it when people ask, you know, where do I find a good guy? Where do I find a good girl? Where do I find a good coach? It's like, well, go to where those people are. And when I think about your online community, there's people listening who are like, I want more friends who are into fitness. I want more friends who are into health. I want to surround myself with people who lift me and I can lift them. And that's a perfect example of people in your online community messaging each other, meeting up in physical, and before you know it, now they're friends. It's like if you want to have a better network of people, if you want to have a better inner circle, more friends who are into the things you're into, go to where those people are. And I think you're creating that environment online that people are taking and moving it into the physical world, which is something I love, Charlie. Yeah, it's cool. And that's, that's the big thing. It's merging in two worlds of like, the, the the digital world to the real world reality that people are real people and that's the big thing i try and put across on social media is like me as a person like this isn't a like obviously like it's a business and it has to pay the bills so in terms i need to like feed my cats and pay my mortgage but like it's about um showing the reality of real life and like what actually goes on on a day-to-day -day basis and that's why like i love to try and interact and like do anything i can for clients as much as i can so it's um it's a like very very fulfilling process as we already talked about and last question, and you can take this in any direction you want, training-wise, diet-wise, mindset-wise, or combination, it's up to you. What advice would you offer your 18 or 19-year-old self or your, you know, your younger self if you could go back and give some form of wisdom in any realm? It might be dietary, it might be training, it might be mindset, it might be a combination. What would you say to them? Uh, I, I wish I could have had this conversation. So... Um, the, the big things I wish I could have told myself back then was be more open-minded and find like a mentor or someone to educate you on the process and learn, learn, learn. Learn as much as you can at the start of your journey 
And then like once you've got the gift of knowledge and you can apply that, you've got that for the rest of your life. And that's what I do in terms of coaching is to try and teach people how to eat and how to train. And that's what I needed in terms of when I was probably 18, 19 from a business perspective and also from a uh, training and nutrition perspective. I should have put more time into learning, drop my own ego. Like I was a strong kid at like 18, 19. I could squat like 180 and deadlift like 230 or whatever. Like I I was probably 80 kilos at the time. So I was like... I don't need anyone's help. I had too much of an ego. I was a young guy with like too much testosterone who just was like, didn't think he needed to ask for help. But the, now I've gone to the other end of the spectrum is like, I ask everyone's opinion, whether I agree with it or not. And I want to try and learn as much as physically possible from the best people in the world. And then I put my own spin on what I think works and what doesn't work. So I can ultimately become the most knowledgeable trainer I can and be the best version of myself for myself and also to help the other people I work with and around me, to be honest with you. That's great advice. Like keeping that open mind is literally the key for continuous personal growth. I always think of the Bruce Lee quote, you know, a cup's usefulness is in its emptiness. Like keep your mind open to all the new ideas. Um, and that's, it's that's, make a banger. You, that's good. Yeah. It's, it's, I love it. It makes you a better coach. It makes you a better person. Charlie, this has been absolutely awesome. Um, can I you absolutely tell, loved it. Yeah, oh, it was awesome. And we're doing a you know a joint one, so I'm going to be linking Charlie's podcast out because I'm going to be coming on his one as well. So it'll be a, a two parter effectively. For Charlie, for everybody, <laughs> yeah, exactly. For everybody listening, Charlie, tell them where is the best place to find you. Where do you spend your most time online? Um, and where can they connect with you directly with your programs or follow your content more? Uh, so I'm pretty much omnipresent everywhere on the internet. So you'll find me. My main hangout probably be Instagram. So it's at Charlie Johnson Fitness. Uh, my YouTube channel is Charlie Johnson uh, Fitness. Uh, Facebook Charlie Johnson Fitness. They're all pretty much all Charlie Johnson Fitness. Um, and my website, if anyone's interested in coaching, is CharlieJohnsonFitness.com. So all very very simple for anyone to find. So uh, if anyone's got any message or anything about me, who I am, what I do, by all means, drop me a message. I do pretty much IG live Q&As like every other day. So I'm always answering any questions anyone may have, uh, have a small or large, just let me know. <laughs> Deadly. And for everybody listening, I will put all those links that Charlie mentioned in the show notes on BrianKeenFitness.com. Go follow him, go check him out. And Charlie, thank you so much again for all you do. And thank you so much again for your time. This was awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much, Brian. 